Welcome to the Comedy on Edge podcast. I'm your host, Mark Williamson. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. If you listen to us on iTunes, give us a star rating and a review. Really helps the show. If you're not listening to us on iTunes, that's cool. Spread the love. Tweet about us. Facebook about us. Uh, for more information, check out ComedyOnEdge.com or follow us on Twitter at ComedyOnEdge. All right, time for the show. Let's hit the music. The Comedy on Edge, the podcast. We're live in Edge HQ. On the dials is our assistant producer, Lester Diamond. How are you, buddy? On the dials or off the dials, man? Well, we remain, I'll, we'll, we'll know in the edit, won't we, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> whether, whether this actually makes the air. It's good to be here. Hello. It's good, good to have you. Good to have you. We've got our favourite intern in, Jasmine. How are you? Oh, not too bad. I'm good to hear I'm the favourite. Sorry, Josh, if you're listening. We don't. We never established Josh. <laughs> Josh Cohen for fans of the show. We never established what he was. So I think he turned Did up. You? He'd sit here and he'd go, "What do you want me to do?" And we're like, "We don't know. What can you do?" So, <laughs> so what can you reach? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Josh is Josh is a very short individual. I think he started smoking when he was three. That sort of it held that's his growth heard. back a lot. We're talking about, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Google Josh Cohen. You'll probably get a little chimpanzee picture. I don't know. How are you, Josh? <laughs> if you're listening, I doubt you are. So welcome, Jasmine, and well, well, sorry you're not here, Jas. And we've got our guest. He is, he's he's one of my favourites to follow on Twitter. He's 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 West, one of Western Sydney's finest, and he's a rarity because he's from Western Sydney. He's got a full set of teeth, and he can speak he can speak in more thrill, three more than three syllable sentences, which is more, one more than me. Nathan Lenton, welcome. Thank you, Mark. It's uh, very good to be with you, and uh, Merry Christmas to all our listeners at uh, Comedy on the Edge podcast. Did everyone here have a good Christmas? I think we did, yes. Oh, absolutely. It was amazing. And can you believe the, insert major news incident that happened here? <laughs> the Sydney to Hobart yacht race. Who saw that coming? Was that, I know. Was, was absolutely. Strong. I know. When Abbott stopped the boats <laughs> at... at... And Geelong, it was it was weird. It's Sarah Hansen Young turned up on Wild Oats Eleven <laughs> in a bikini, in a, oh, and then and then when they had Zoo magazine you're, you're on the get spinnaker. misogyny speeches again for saying that. Oh, Be very careful. No, that's yeah. true. Or she might. And, and you know, don't give the cartoonists any ideas that they don't already need. Well, have you seen the? Ca- you probably would. The court case at the moment. Zoo, she's suing Zoo magazine. Because they had a competition, they wanted they no, offered. I, I don't read the real news. I just read Twitter. <laughs> you just read. Twitter. It was well. I was on Twitter. Sarah Hanson Young is on Twitter. I just read MX. You just read MX. Well, she's being she's suing Zoo Magazine. Wanted to put her offered her the front cover in a swimsuit, and they had a competition to try to get Sarah Hanson Young, and they photoshopped her body on a bikini, and she's suing because it's demeaning. Sarah doesn't really grasp how, the importance of publicity and good publicity in politics. I, I think that's the Greens' exists. policy, isn't it? It's well, uh, Christine Milne's not a people person. No, but I, I don't know. Someone said to me recently <laughs> that uh, Sarah is the first kind of just professional careerist politician to ever get into office with the Greens, and uh, I think it really shows. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting because yeah, I think she she's can... challenged three times for a deputy or leadership position. And gotten three votes total. Wow! She, so, she, so she's forged three of her own votes. No, she's sort no, of like no, no, no. I mean, she voted for herself uh, once, and she voted for herself oh, a second time, oh, and wow. then the third time she challenged, she voted. Oh, she's like herself a, once again. It sounds like the World Cup bid for soccer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably costs more too. She, um, she's sort of a poor person's Natasha Stott Despoja. 
Yeah, I have heard. Although Natasha was quite funny on Good News Week, I haven't heard any <laughs> yeah. good jokes come out. I, every Sarah time Hansen, Sarah, I just yeah. hear. I just, she seems to sob a lot. She gets. She's very no, passionate. I, I agree with so much of what she says, which is the problem. But I do too, but I don't think it's it's the way she sells kind it. Kind of awkwardly sidestep away from her when she starts talking. I think. Do you think it, it hasn't been a good year for the Greens? Has it? They went backwards. I think from a pretty high base from a minor party there that's and there was a lot going against him. I think the departure of Brown was always going to lead to results like that and I think they were generally just like a lot of the sort of disaffected labor people which would have voted for them in the past held them responsible for the carbon tax and therefore the unpopularity of labor so they kind mm. of Blame the Greens for the rise of Tony Abbott. So, which and I don't, I don't think um, I don't. I think Milne's been a pretty ineffective leader. Like I'm, and I'll disclaimer: I'm not a fan of Christine Milne. Mm. I lived in Tasmania when she was in state politics, and she almost drove the state to a grinding halt. Yeah, well, I, I defer to you on these kind of things. You know, <laughs> you know, no, you know, I, I hang, hang out with Tories. I don't know anything about these, <laughs> these these commies and these greenies. It's you know, I'm I'm part of the Murdoch den. So, so, oh, <laughs> well, well, your, your good friend Murdoch did. Rupert Murdoch did wish you a happy birthday this he, year. He did, which was it was completely unsolicited, which I think <laughs> we'd all agree. I just opened a mail one day and happy birthday, uh, enjoy Anzac Day. My birthday's the day before Anzac Day. Rupert Murdoch, and uh, he, he's a really you know jur- journalism owes Rupert a lot in this country. I, think. I, I love the fact that he actually tapped your mother's phone to find out the date of your birthday <laughs> to do it. That was that was a nice touch. Did you do you feel special that you know like on the list of you know. Vic, um, people who've been murdered, celebrities. Your mum has been tapped by Rupert Murdoch. Well, Tony Blair. Tony the Bla- same category as Tony Blair. Yeah. His phone got tapped as well. Tony Blair's been busy with he got, Wendy. He, yeah, yeah, he, well, he got his revenge. How it came out. He, yeah. he, he, he tapped Wendy too. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Let's, Highbrow meets you lowbrow. You, you haven't been actually sued for defamation yet, but you're trying very satire. hard. This satire. Satire. I'm just saying tap. They might have tapped dance together. I didn't specify anything. Well, so Rupert Sideways can... tap dance, yeah. Ru- yeah. Rupert can sue me. I mean, what, what does he want? Half my credit debt and three scrubs DVDs? He wants, <laughs> he wants to buy out the podcast. He wants it to become... <laughs> A news limited publication. Oh, hey, Rupert, send it. I'm more than happy to have it's, it's Miranda not... Devine or Andrew Bolt as a no. guest on the couch. No, he wants to get Jackie Mason host. No, ostentatious hosting. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I think Austin, Jackie Mason. Yes. I think ostentatious and Jack, ostentatious and Rupert don't share ideological. Ide- I can't even say the word. They're not. They. You can follow Jackie both. Jackie Mason would. Jackie, is he still alive? Just, yeah. He's he he's the queen. He was the queen mother's favorite comedian. So that's really? says something about how old he's now. We're talking Jackie Mason, the guy who was in Caddyshack Two. Yes. Wow. I, I don't know. I've just seen him appear on like panel game shows from time to time, and he, yeah, he's a, he's a legendary club comic from the Borscht Belt. The Borscht Belt. He's yeah. He's I like I don't, I don't know him from Caddyshack Two, where he got the gopher was more had more charisma than he did. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, he was a poor, he's a poor I, I know, man's Rodney Dangerfield. I, I know mainstream movies. Yeah, Caddyshack. Yeah, Caddyshack two. Caddyshack two. two. You haven't seen Caddyshack? I've, yeah. Seriously, yeah, serious question. Great. You've no, ne- you guys never have ne- seen. I'm at least I think we're gonna have to pause this podcast. Go downstairs, watch Caddyshack one and two. Then we're gonna resume. You've never seen Caddyshack. I educate this kid. Former guest of the show, Dave Jury, who in my opinion is the man who I go to for movies. He knows. More than any, he's watched more movies than any of us will. He lists Caddyshack in his top ten movies of all time. Really? And yeah, it's a so good why, movie. Why? It's got Rodney Dangerfield, okay. Chevy. 
a pre-coked up Chevy Chase, <laughs> Bill Murray back when he was I funny. I'm Murray. perfectly prepared to believe it's a good movie, but that doesn't mean I like it. I've got some pretty extraordinary tastes. Yeah, what's your, um, what's your yeah. favourite movie then? I, I don't, it's probably tainted by the fact that it's Christmas, but Love Actually at the moment is right. Well, the te- it's a 10-year anniversary. It's yeah, it is. A ten, and also a 10-year anniversary since Mark Latham became leader <laughs> of the Labour Party on the exact same date. So oh, wow. while one light went out, another one was ignited <laughs> on the same day. He burnt very quickly, didn't he? He was a he rose up. How did that's the thing with Labour? They get how did Latham get into power? Oh, I don't know. How did Con- Nathan Rees Con- get into power? of suck holes. That line was on the public record before he became. He leader broke of the a taxi office. driver's arm before he became the leader. I suppose they were probably going for the your, the Western Sydney well, vote with that one. It remind, <laughs> what it reminded me of actually, I was watching. A UK show once, and it had Lily Allen on the show. And she said, this was around the time of the UK mm. election, and she said, wouldn't it be great if they just elected someone who just said, oh, shut up, you're talking bollocks, and then swung around and punched him. And everyone <laughs> said, ha, 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 it was very funny, because it could never happen in reality. But in Australia, <laughs> one of our political parties actually thought that was a reasonable strategy. So what you're saying is the faceless man of the Labour Party is actually Lily Allen. Oh, God. It all makes man. sense. The wow. misogyny speech was just her song. <laughs> it's not fair, and I think you're really mean. You never make me scream. <laughs> oh, she's it's all, I reckon she, that, that's she's it. back now. Has anyone heard her new album? No, but she's no, cool. I think she's no, cool. I like Lily Allen. I doubt, doubt it would be very different from the old albums. But... I don't mind Lily Allen. I, I, th- I like her. Uh, yeah. Good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I think we we're getting like into her. So what you're saying is if you were to remake Love Actually, you wouldn't put her on the soundtrack? No, but then you can just get Kate Nash exactly the same and cheaper, so why would you bother? <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, I'm sure. Well, at least I don't you... know. Lily's been out of it for 10 years or whatever, eight years now, whatever, so maybe quite a long time. It hasn't been that long. Smart. She's... I don't know. That, that, yeah, I'm so... I don't, I don't know. You're, hip, do you you're not exactly hip yeah. with the kids, are you? No. Like well, I knew that she had a new album. That's well, actually, I heard the song the other change. night. It doesn't... I know James Blunt's got a new album. Oh, I like no. that a lot. Oh, dear God. <laughs> The moon, the moon landing. You're the oldest young man I've ever met, Nathan. <laughs> For the listeners out there, how old are you? 22. 22. <laughs> Lily Allen song, it's all downhill from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, you've, peaked, you've peaked. The future looked bright at 22. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be sipping port and listening to classical music what within do you mean, a decade. Will be. Will be. <laughs> I'm amazed that you're not here. I was 15, I've given up drinking now. I'm amazed you're not here in your smoking jacket. <laughs> it's, it's in the car. It's in the car, of course, of course, of course. The, the, you got the Rolls or the Mercedes, the Mercedes at the tonight. Oh God, the driver Holden! You can't get them anymore now. Well, the collector's yeah, items. I know. Buy we... a big now. Actually, that's my new job. I'm the new CEO of Holden Australia. Wow! I, <laughs> starting in 2017, starting, I take it. Yeah, um, 18 even. I mean, I'm going to be sad to see Holden leave Australia. We probably should announce. I'm sure this would have been news, but we're recording this the day they've announced Holden will leave 2000 in 2000, Australia in 2007. I'm a bit I don't sad. Know if you need to announce that. They're not going to reverse the decision. Most, no, it's it more so the chat. fact that most people who listen to this podcast have no idea what news is. They get the, like That's you, they true. get the news from They're Twitter. Like me, yeah. But I'm going to miss, you know, Frankie J. Holden. It's, it's not the same <laughs> without him. And, you know, Name Mark, Hol- Mark Holden. What are we, <laughs> we going to do without this? Well, what happened to Mark Holden? He was, it, it, I heard he went back he's to... He's a barrister. He's yeah, at the he's, bar now. Yeah, he's in he's the bar. He's at the Victorian Serious. bar. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you should know that. I should know it, yeah. You're probably coming across a new court. 
That's it. said he was a good lawyer. Lester's more your criminal law magistrate's court specialty. You know, he, I, I think I, I met Lester when he was chasing after an ambulance one day. Penrith local, Nathan. Mind you, that, that's the kind of that's why you probably did better at law school than I did. You were learning the case law and stuff like that. I was learning who the celebrity barristers were on the bar at the moment. There's, a, there's a few. There's a few. Of the like, I don't know that are still at the bar, but some. Well, I the, didn't know. I remember last I heard Mark Holden when he got off. He went back. I didn't realize he'd actually qualified for the bar. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Stuart Littlemore, who was the first Media Watch host, he had a big case this year. Yeah, he's still working. He yeah. still he works. He's Pauline Hanson's barrister. Oh, so um, tough gig. You know, left wing ABC. Eh? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's your left wing bias. That's for sure. What do you 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 uh, the legally uh, educated? Do you think he would have got that in a cab off the rank thing, or he would have gone out and sought her? No, it would have been a cabaret thing, most cabaret. likely. But, I mean, um, in, in Barrister in, in Land... law, you yeah. have to take the first person that comes up and says, will you represent At me? the bar, that is. That's really? the idea that it's a first cab off the ranks, so everyone has equal access before the law. And yet, somehow people... To that cab rank <laughs> thing. So, if... And are we talking barristers? So, so, like, if, you know, if you rob a shop, you don't... You rock up, you get legal aid if you're eligible for I, it. I think that's... We're talking... Or we, no, we're, let's... So, we, we're ruling out that... We're talking so. I say I want to sue the government. Do I get a lawyer, or is one appointed to me? How does it work? Oh, uh, you go get one. But I, I think well, that, did... that's the theory in principle. But it's very easy for a barrister to say, "I'm very busy. I couldn't possibly take another case yeah. right at this moment." And then fifteen minutes in, when. Um, I don't know, Kerry Packer, he's not going to sue now. Kerry Packer <laughs> comes in and says, I want the best lawyer in Sydney. He suddenly says, oh, I've finished all that work that was keeping me busy before. Yeah. So so there's ways around it. But, yeah. But, um, but I, I don't think Stuart Littlemore would have gone out and courted No, but I'd Pauline say he said, like, he said she's got plenty of dough. I'm going to... Um, she's got big mouth, so I'm going to... Has go, she got plenty I'm of dough? I don't think she does. at one point, Well, she, she had plenty of... Um, 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 Electoral Commission dough at one point. Yeah. <laughs> she also had plenty of prison meals at one point too. Did you, you see that thing when she got arrested in New Zealand? No. For, or held at the airport in New Zealand? Because she, she went to jail and then she had a conviction overturned yeah, and quashed, got back out and quashed. Yeah, so you. I just like, it's rare you get to use the word quashed yeah, in it's a sentence. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I like quashed. But so she was filling out the forms at the airport or whatever and says, have you ever been convicted of a criminal offence? Yes. So they took her in for questions. They didn't say had it been overturned or quashed. They just so yeah. I like the New Zealand up. people. I love it. Pauline Hanson got held up in an immigration facility said, as well. I wonder if she said, "I don't like it." Please explain. Please explain. I don't like, I don't like the cavity search. Oh, boo! She's been to, she's been to prison. She's used to it, buddy. <laughs> I reckon she. I reckon you know. I re- no, I reckon she would have been the bully in the prison. She would have been the ones beating people up. You reckon she would have been head bitch in the women's prison? Ah, oh. there's a head bitch. Y- y- yeah, watch, I don't. You've clearly, never watched Australian classic show Prisoner. No, no. she Was used to give me roses. Was that Australian? That's one of the great shows, mate. No, this this is a different show to the Prisoner thing that was on like four or five years ago. It was a show in the early eighties. It was about setting a female prison, and they who, had the head bitch. In it? Anyone good in it? They, uh, R- Ruth Cracknell was she the head no, bitch? No, <laughs> there was quite a few Ruth Cracknell there was types. A, there was quite a. If you'd have taken like the top ten female actors of the day, they were in it. Like it was quite. Put them in a blender and smash their faces yeah, in a so bit. Uh, and the, that's the, the redhead woman from Blue yeah. Healers would she have been in it? 
No, before no, her time. Before she her might have been. Right. I, she may have appeared as like a Just, young inmate in one episode. She, she was in Bodyline. Did you know that? The, yeah. Um, Gary Sweet version of Bodyline. I did not she know was that. In that. Yeah. She was also in a. She had that was, a cameo. That was where I learned to speak. By the way, Hugo Weaving and Bodyline. <laughs> she was also in a Country Practice. She had a cameo. I, I, I thought, yeah, it, was, I knew I, that. I thought yeah. it was Jeremy Irons in Lolita. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So what your mum mum just played body? I haven't seen Bodyline with Gary Sweet. Is it good or? Oh, yeah, it's, people tend to call He's it a bit of a classic sort of thing. I think I, I like Blue Police Murder. Rescue. I think yeah. Hugo Weaving's the like it's spectacular. He's, given what you've seen in, uh, you know, The Matrix and in um, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, and then he's playing this posh, posh snobbish, you know, Douglas Chardine character. He's, I have to say, well bowled, Harold. Well bowled, <laughs> and I—that's I, shameful. When I used to play cricket, I used to say bowled like that, <laughs> kind of impersonating a TV. Well, so how many bats? Well bowled. I can imagine the the sledges. Yeah, the accent's actually gone more Australian as I've gotten older. We forgot Hugo Weaving's greatest role, in my opinion. He voiced Megatron in the recent Transformers series. I, I didn't know that, but yeah. he um. He was voiced one of the little penguins in Happy Feet. I know that much. He's a voice work master. Yeah. Hugo, Hugo Weaving, if you're out there, call us. We'd, like, we'd love to have... Me- well, we'd lo- I'd like to have Megatron on the show, to be honest. <laughs> Hugo Weaving we and... We talk about Happy Feet, I suppose, but just do the Megatron voice for an episode. We'll be happy. So you wouldn't ask him about V for Vendetta. You wouldn't ask him about Priscilla. Just... Oh no, that's, yeah, I, I like Priscilla. I think oh, that's, yeah, so do I. That's, it's one of those movies that, like, it defies how beloved it is in Australia by what you assume our culture is. Mm. Like, it's really... What, what's interesting about that is that pretty much everyone in it were, like, second or third choices for the role. They didn't really? get anyone who was their first choice. And you watch it now, and all the leads are just so perfectly suited. Who was... Who were the, who, who turned down? Bruce Samazan or... Um, <laughs> we know Wheels uh, from... <laughs> wheels from... I, 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 Bobby not... from Home and Away. <laughs> she, they locked her in. Nick Parrish. Harold from Neighbours. Barry Humphreys. <laughs> John Wood, I think, was... They said, right, even like even Bill Hunter was like third choice for his role. No. I know. That's that's my favourite Bill I'd, Hunter role. He mind so you, I think Bud Tingle would have been... Because there was a stage when... Oh, yeah, Bud would be good. It used to be... An Austra- and I assume it was law. Every Australian movie had to feature Bud Tingle or Bill Hunter. If the movie didn't have, it didn't get commissioned, and it didn't become beloved. It just became some piece of art crap like Somersault. So no, yeah, so maybe what? Maybe. What's Somersault, Mark? I don't know what Somersault. Yeah. You don't. Oh, you don't. Oh, no, yeah, you, you've lived good lives. <laughs> Finish. No, I haven't. But go along. It's a movie that launched Abby Cornish's career. Ah, and yes, was Cornish. it Worthington? Or no, he wasn't in that. There was, was some some other famous Australian actor was. It launched Abby Cornish. It was the one. It's just this artsy wank. It's like all Australian films, like an Australian Napoleon Dynamite. Not even no. That, Don't you even dare. It makes you like you like Napoleon Dynamite. I, like I think I've told this to Mark before. I like a Napoleon Dynamite. There's an episode of The Simpsons where Homer's on a diet and he's eating the rice cakes and he's just chewing them going, when's the flavour going to kick in? When's the flavour going to kick in? That's how I feel. Like everyone raves about Napoleon Dynamite and thinks there's going to be this great crescendo any moment now. Any mo- Oh, it's over. Okay. See, I think Napoleon Dynamite is a bunch of sketches put together with a loose plot that just goes nowhere. It's a couple of chuckles. There's no... There's no it's, it's just... There's going to be some complaints Sorry, about this episode, boys. Oh, <laughs> complain away! If you Sorry, haven't, no, you haven't seen Caddyshack. Plans, when I said that it just you know builds and builds and builds and then nothing, 
Jasmine said, that's the whole point. So what's the whole point? A movie goes nowhere. That's, that's what it's I mean, designed it to, to do. It's meant to be about Idaho or something like that, and there's no point to that it's meant status. meant to be about so Idaho. <laughs> there's a reason there haven't been other films the about Idaho. The fact of the matter, I didn't even, like, I've watched Napoleon Dynamite twice. I watched it once with a mate. We got it out. We heard the hype. And at the end of the movie, we just looked at each other, and we had that look like, what the fuck did we just watch? When we took it back to the blockbuster, which those were the days when you used to have, fuck, I'm dated by a video store. They don't exist anymore. And we said to the guy, and the guy goes, oh, did you enjoy it? There's We're a like, blockbuster no. in Blacktown, actually. Of course so there is. I was there yesterday with a good friend wrong, of us all. Oh, were you there? I, I think, I, well, future guest of the show, Umid Bali, is yes, that? Yes, that's right. Yeah, what did you guys get at blockbuster? Um, he was returning something, The Conjuring or The Conjurer or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Again, you're asking me to know about the movies. So. <laughs> we get we get you in here for your pop culture references, oh, that's for sure. Well, you did your first um, comedy show this year. I, I did. It was, it was very good. We, it was called Australia Votes 2013, and uh, the ABC has told us we can't use that name again. <laughs> oh, really? You got <laughs> no, the... No, no, that's a joke. No, you. I thought you had... Because our... Our one of three prime ministers we've had this year. Well, actually, yeah. technically, Last we've year. had four. No, th- we, oh, this will come out in this year. You're, not, you're, you're saying Trussy is the prime minister. He's an acting right? prime minister. Well, oh, actually, well, and, then we've had acting prime minister Albo as well. Albo, PM oh. Albo. Oh, that's the dream. Oh, you got to live it. He's a oh, he's he's an inner Westie legend. Yeah, I would make him an honorary Westie if he wanted to become one. I technically did a gig with Albo this year. Oh, did you really? Marrickville Festival. I sort of I was on the comedy stage and I tweeted him. I'm like, Albo, I'm doing a gig in you, and he was like, Mate, I'm opening in the main stage. So I was like, That's a supporting gig. I'm, that goes on the yeah. and the other one. I also this year I emceed for one of our three prime ministers. And was it me or was no? Who was it no? It you was... emceed for a prime minister. Yes. Which one? Gillard. Gillard. Why? I Why? I introduced her. Why? <laughs> it was I can't. It's, it was so a... there were all comedians on the lineup that evening. It was a saying. corporate gig, and they pretty much need someone to. <laughs> it was straight straight emceeing. There was no like no job. It was just talked like tell the crowd exits here, exits here. This is the pro because when the, when a prime minister comes to an event. There's a lot of security. There's a lot of, in the event of this, you go there. In the event of that, you go there. The Prime Minister will be here when at a certain time. She'll talk for a certain amount of time. She is taking questions. You have to... Re- and pretty much got up, did that, and then said, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to introduce you guy, and he introduced the Prime Minister. Oh, wow. It's going on the resume. So there you go. That The fact did that I've... So did you chat to her? Did you get to meet no, her at all? No. no. I, I shook hands. I did the I've handshake. Actually, I've actually heard she's quite... Fist you know, bump. For, a big she worked the room. It was... Yeah, she's very good at small she talk was, and, you know, pretending to like the ordinaries and all that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> she, well, this... I can't, um, I can't name the organisation, but this was the high end of town and... She worked the. She answered all the questions, so, and so pretending to like the extraordinaries. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she she was talking, and it was good. She got like questions on, and I knew for a fact four of the questions she had were scripted, but she took four unanswered, and she she came back. She convinced hmm. the room, and oh, she's this wasn't her crowd. Yeah. This was kind of like Peter Mizell working in front of a comedy audience. You know, <laughs> she, he, they, she she delivered the unexpected. I mean, that, but that's exactly what everyone said about the great. You know, paradox between her and Kevin Rudd was that Rudd will front up on TV and look empathetic and look understanding and that kind of thing, and then he'll try and work a room and will be so clunky and awkward. She's the exact opposite. And Annabelle Crabb had the great analogy. It's like you look at you look at um, them. From, they're like one of those pictures. You look at them from far away, 
and it looks like it's perfect, and then you kind of look closely at it, and it's an absolute shambles. It does. I'd, I'd never heard that about Rudd because, but I mean, with Gillard, like watching the room, there were so many people that you could hear saying, "Why isn't she like this on TV?" And it was so that makes sense. So what you're saying, Rudd's clunky in? Um, yeah, cold. I would say Rudd Serial can't feign. Sin- <laughs> he can't feign sincerity. I mean, I, I've played Rudd, as everyone here knows, and I, well, that, I can really sh- believe that in his character. It's. Um, he can make people feel important, I've heard, but if someone's really upset, he can't really do, he doesn't know what to say to him, whatever, he just puts his arm around, oh, oh. You know, but, sort of well, that's in the great literary classic, The Latham Diaries. There's a chapter <laughs> yeah. where, and I think this got sympathy for Rudd, where Latham comes in and Kevin's mother had died and he was upset in his office and Latham's pretty much going, this wimp sitting there crying. What a wimp! What a wimp! It's like the guy's yeah. mother died, Lamarck. <laughs> you know, not unlike you, you probably he probably ate his own mother. <laughs> that's it. And we saw Kevin cry a few times publicly, and I think that's it. he's so controlled ninety five percent of the time that when the guards come down, they absolutely come tumbling down, and he completely falls to bits, which we saw a few times. Well, we've already announced. Like, I wish we'll get back to your show in a minute, but. Gillard, uh, that's all right. It's no, over. No, We're not selling no, no, no. tickets We're, now. No, no, there's an interesting story. Well, all right, I'll get to it. There's an interesting story. As we all know, Gillard announced. Was it February? She announced the election. February fourteen. Yeah. You booked your fringe festival <laughs> to be appear on September fourteen. Fourteenth, the night. So the, the idea was going to no, be September thirteenth. Thirteenth, the, the night before the election. That's correct. Yeah. And then you were prepared. You were scripted. And then how how soon before showtime was it that Gillard got rolled? Um, it was a fair. It was still about. Two or three months, no, about three months before the showtime that it got rolled. And then, so, yeah, so you had to... But, but it was only six weeks before showtime when they told us what the new election date was. That which was, was a week before. That was, yeah. So pretty much Gillard, she 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 set you up and Rudd sort of chopped you down. Yeah, but... and then, then they switched prime ministers on us twice as well, mm-hmm. which was very kind of them for people <laughs> trying to write a political show. And, yeah. well, I mean, well, we originally, we, our original um, concept was to have me playing Kevin Rudd promoting a kind of Latham Diaries-style bitchy tell-all memoir, and then eight weeks before Curtain's Up, this guy who's supposed to be writing the bitchy memoir is now Prime Minister again. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, shit, the, shit happens but as you, our esteemed Prime Minister. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> but you, you produced it. was a brilliant show. It was great. I oh, highly recommend And check out Nathan if he's got any shows coming up next year. But the thing I was going to announce, like Gillard signed a book deal for... The big big book, which I think it's going to probably come out. I don't know. It'll either probably be Mother's Day or Christmas next year. I think Rudd has also. Oh, I was it's expecting less confirmed with Rudd. I think I'm what's expecting... happened is he's uh, gotten a contract with Harper Collins or something, and people have kind of deduced what else could a contract with Harper Collins be for. I ex- see. I expected Rudd like for them to announce Gillard's book will come out this date. I'm expecting him to, oh, look what I've produced a week before, <laughs> just to give her one final rat-fucking. Oh, God, it'll go on for years and years. And even now, yeah. like, the party is polarised, internally polarised along Rudd and Gillard lines. If you looked at who voted which way in the ballot, it's Rudd people voted for Albanese and Gillard people voted for Shorten, basically. Well, oh, they, wow. they've got six years to work it out. At least. <laughs> you never know, Tony's not off to a flyer as PM. No, that's He's true. pissed off China, Indonesia, I know, it's, Holden's it's, gone. It's fantastic. Um, when Kevin Rudd became Prime Minister on the day he said it, he said, you know, uh, a Tony Abbott foreign policy could lead to confrontazi, which was 
uh, unnamed conflict with Indonesia, and everyone said, oh, that's such a dramatic exaggeration. Australia <laughs> could never have a conflict with Indonesia. Well, so and, time has passed. And our great trading, we're not going to piss off China. No. That's the one that <laughs> surprises me. Like, Rudd, the one, the criticism Abbott kept levelling at Rudd was, Australia needs to stay out of foreign affairs. We need to take a backseat role. Did he really say that? Abbott, well... The- <laughs> Does he know what the job he was applying for was? <laughs> this is... This is I'm not going to be a world leader who doesn't participate No, no, well, the whole thing affairs. when Australia went for the security... Ca- the seat on the Security Council. Oh, yeah. Abbott was against that because it was quite a lot of... And he's like, we shouldn't be in this. And then it's like... So, based on that, the fact that and the, and China then, and Japan... And then are- the first vote under Abbott at the Security Council, which we tried so hard to get onto... Abbott doesn't submit a vote, which was very good of him. Yeah, that was good. But the thing is, China and Japan at the moment are in a pissing contest over some islands. Mm. Who's winning? Well, China. It's China. <laughs> Kevin's new job. Send him over yeah. there to mediate between China and Japan. Well, Bishop's great. come out and she's had a go at, at China. And China's pretty I, much said... I imagine you mean Julie. Julie, but, yes. But, oh, yes. But how good would it be if Bronny came out and started <laughs> saying shit about the Chinese? Well, she does pretty much everything else as Speaker of the House. <laughs> One's hairspray is inferior quality from China. <laughs> <laughs> One does not. She, she said something in Parliament the other day about, you know, you know, members opposite need to respect the chair. And then Albo got up and said, the point of order is irony, Mr. Speaker. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Madam Speaker. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Well, she's. That's the thing. The chair is supposed to be impartial, and I think Bronny's. Well, the Bronny still sits in the party meetings, which mm. the previous. Well, that's that's a new innovation in the Parliament. You're supposed to behave, which she doesn't do. But this whole you have to not sit in the party room meetings, that only came about when there was the hung Parliament, and it was a condition of oh, forming okay. government. So. Be- before that, during the first Rudd government, Harry Jenkins would still attend party meetings, and in the Howard government, David Hawker would still go. So it's a new innovation. Does anyone but... think that's weird having just someone from? Like, it's like when you're a kid playing soccer, and then one team's got too many players, so you just go play for the other side. Like having an actual elected minister as a speaker, I find that to be strange. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with that. I'm with you like that as well. I, I don't think get it why it should be a not member of the parliament yeah. that is adjudicating. I, I think, think it should bizarre. be Clive. <laughs> I think, and what a, what a great year it was! I, our, finally, our billionaires are in Parliament. They get a voice in Clive Palmer. That's, that's got it. That's you've got. You must have seen that and thought, well, there's next year's show. Well, Clive, Clive came in, and the ten billion dollar black hole in the budget was solved, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I, I think he had that. I think that's just what he spent on ribs last year. It was, it was his rib budget. I mean, Malcolm is probably very grateful for Clive's presence now because now he cops absolutely no. You're a rich, spoiled brat. You don't know how to live on the mean streets anymore because it's Clive. Just look, well, Clive just sucks up all the attention, no matter what it is. It's but Clive's a street guy rich. originally, isn't he? Is Pretty he? much. No, he's a hustler, wasn't he? he was yeah, a like he, he's no, he wasn't about. Like I don't know. He's from Queensland. He wasn't I don't born in money. Though, I mean. like, no, but I don't. No, think he he's was... not. Ge- he's not a Gina or a Jamie Packer. He didn't inherit. No, yeah. But I think he was sort of. I don't think he was like Malcolm Turnbull had a pretty. He was on. He was a single. He's was it his dad who raised him. Or? Yeah, he was raised. Yeah, he by raised father. in a pretty poor. I mean, you know, he lives in the eastern suburbs, arguably the richest area and one of the richest areas in Australia. Well, no one's doubting he's rich now. Yeah, yeah, but but back then. <laughs> He lived in the area, but there's he lived in a pretty poor. I think it may have been a one bedroom flat or something with his dad oh, battling. It's one of the richest yeah. areas in culture, as opposed to Nathan's area, <laughs> Western Sydney. Well, we have money, just no culture. <laughs> we have the we have the Campbelltown Arts Centre. Leave us alone. Isn't that the golf? Don't you have? The, isn't that named in Goff's honour, Goff Whitlam? 
probably. Most of the major sort of monuments in Western Sydney, so the Riverside Theatre, the library in Parramatta, they're either named after Gough or Keating. I mean, yeah, two Labour Prime Ministers. Oh, yeah, the Gough and Keating, the last two Prime Ministers who give a crap about Western Sydney, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, Hawkey was a Victorian, so... Yeah, yeah no, no love for Hawkey. <laughs> oh, come on. How can you not love Hawkey? There's, there's been so many yeah. senior Labour people from Western Sydney. I just don't have time. Where was Richo? He wasn't Western Sydney, oh, was he? no. Senators don't live out in Western Sydney. It was from Stilettos. Stilettos. <laughs> <laughs> um, allegedly, allegedly. Jack Lang. He was Western. Jack Lang. Who's um, your favourite Prime Minister? Clive. <laughs> Clive. Clive has he will, he will be. Just give him time. Not yet. I mean, I'm sure that one day... Oh, the thing that scares me about Clive becoming Prime Minister is... Or Clive becoming in Parliament is... It's going to give Gina ideas. Lord, I can see Lord Reinhardt in Parliament. Just I sort can't. of... You can't, I, I I, Clive trades so much on self-deprecation, and I don't think she's heard of that. What about Ginia? I could see Ginia maybe getting, you know, the member... Member for Perth, Ginia Reinhardt. It's just, she, she's the one that's she's, still in the will, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's the one that, that still speaks yeah, to Ginia. Yeah, I could imagine that. Um, Ginia Reinhardt. I don't Reinhard. know which MP is going to give up their seat for her, but I could see it happening. Oh, oh yeah. Barnaby had. Barnaby had find something. <laughs> Barnaby. <laughs> Barnaby. Barnaby. Because Gina was it when he won his seat, Gina went and partied with him in Tamworth or wherever. That's right. He, no, he went to the wedding. The Gina paid for the wedding that he went to in India or whatever. Uh, yeah, well, it was some yeah, negotiation. He's, he's been gazumped a bit. I think we all expected him to be one of the leaders of the crazies, but I think it just hasn't been too red. Just hasn't been room for him with Clive and Chris Pine and Bronny and all the hasn't others. Has Pine kind of, been a disappointment in he's, Parliament? He's, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's he, phenomenal. Oh. <laughs> he's the worst ever. Well, did you see today? <laughs> so called Lou Reed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His defence—that's about the only thing I actually agree with him. But with um. With um, what? How would you describe his, I like, his laugh? Be... Maniacal or? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon, no, I reckon. Take politics aside, and he'd be quite a lot of fun to hang around with. I reckon he'd have a good eye for self-deprecation. You'd listen to Abba. You drink creaming sodas. <laughs> It'd be great. Uh, I d- I don't think. So. Did you? I mean, he's got that that such a lack of personality that he had to lack personality. Well, they had to, when they had kitchen cabinet. He had to have Amanda Vanstone. To come over to make him look more That's human. That's right. And did you see on Kitchen Cabinet what his son is called? No. Barnaby. You're Barnaby Pine. Ba- Barnaby Pine. BP, the Barna- big Australian. Barna- <laughs> Barnaby Lawrence Pine. Barnaby Lawrence Pine. Oh. That kid is just going to know a world of wedgies. That's for sure. <laughs> just... Well, that's that's Amanda's dog attacked him. Apparently, the child was misbehaving. I just think the dog had good aim. <laughs> Gee, Vanstone has an attack dog. There's a shock. I thought I thought that was Christopher Pine's role. <laughs> well, it's been a year. Well, it's, been, it's been a year of a lot of personalities, aside from Clive Palmer, who I think probably be get Australian of the Year. Who do you reckon to get Junior Australian of the Year this year? <laughs> Uh, I could not go past Tom Waterhouse. He has just been the gift that keeps on giving. I was uh, shocked and horrified that he didn't get the best newcomer to TV at the TV Logie Weeks this Logies this year. It was just extraordinary. Got to admit, I thought no, he'd be odds on favourite. No one has transformed the way TV is operated as a business like he has since Kerry Packer launched World Series Cricket. <laughs> well, that's, well, big, big shoes to fill in, yeah. in pack. I, think, I think he could He's an heiress He could do it He almost ended <laughs> TV He almost finished TV for good it was, yeah. it's a bad So idea. did Kerry <laughs> That's true That's true No, so just A few years ago Andrew Wilkie Tried to get some Legislation through 
putting greater restrictions on gambling Pokies and that and, yeah. sort of thing. And it flopped. There was a big campaign from clubs in New South Wales. The government, Julie Gillard, who was a conviction politician, capitulated under the pressure. I reckon Wilkie just ran the timing wrong. If he'd popped up when at the same time Tom Waterhouse was up in everyone's face, I agree. there would have been a mass of politicians just lining up to sign the legislation to put greater restrictions yeah, it's on a it. Shame too. I think, yeah. yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think you're spot on with that. I mean, Wilkie's problem was there must be a thing about these Tasmanian, <laughs> these Tasmanian he's not a politicians. Real one. He's no, the no, he shipped in. But yeah. before that, we had um, Senator Brian Harradine. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, um, when Howard was trying to back deal and wheel and deal to get rid of Telstra, he did a deal with Harradine, and this is something that. It still pains me what Harradine got rid of. He got Tasmania a shitload of funding. We got some new stuff. But part of the... Harradine was a very staunch Catholic, very proud Catholic with 10 children. But they used to have the 1900 ads, used to start at 10 o'clock at night, and you used to be able to see boob in them. (laughs) Harradine changed the restriction that they were not allowed to come on before midnight and there was to be no nudity in the ad. How did SBS escape Harradine's reign? Well, that's of terror, art. Then? <laughs> it's the li- it's art. a lighting thing. Yeah. If there's a, sort of a dim light or a yeah, flashing it's strobe, it's oh, art. Okay, if right. it's just a lady if showing a tits, it's going, on Fred Niles' computer, it's all kosher. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it's if it's Fred, as long as Fred Niles' wife is in it, his new wife, not the old one, it's fine. Fred Niles, he's been on Twitter this year. He's been he's been. There are some people who shouldn't be on Twitter, and I'm so so glad they are on. Twitter. <laughs> oh, no, our dear friend Rupert is another one. Well, he, gave, just, he, uh, he gives too much away on Twitter, but yeah. Fred Nathan, Niles. for those who we mentioned earlier, Nathan got a happy birthday from Rupert. It was on Twitter that he gave you the shout out. Maybe it was in person. He phoned uh, me, Mark. Oh, sure. I, thought... I have I have Rupert on speed dial. <laughs> I'm seeing, in fact, I'm seeing Rupert and Tom next week on the Super Yacht Tango. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that the person you think is Rupert is just Lester muscling his voice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, g'day, Nathan. Happy birthday, son. <laughs> well, what do you know about the waterhouses? What do you got on them? Gay? Gay? Ru- Rupert's sounding so much like Ian McFarlane these days. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, isn't Ian McFarlane some... I heard him the speaking... The best voice ever. He's got, to get a- he's got to have a career in podcasting. Oh, I'd like to hear Ian McFarlane. I'd like to podcast Ian McFarlane, Darren Lockyer... And uh, Jeannie King. Was it Jeannie King? Jeannie Little. Jeannie Little. Just those three lines. And former um, Reserve oh, Bank Redonicus. governor. Oh, yeah. I'd like, and I like um, Jeff Toovey, manly coach. He, he'd fit <laughs> and maybe have like Bernie Fraser from the former RBA chairman. Just to just do, have, just be the straight man on the podcast. I just have him coming in with commercials. It's, it's the super of the future. <laughs> it's the super of the future. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, that'd be a podcast. That was one of the great ads, Bernie. Bernie that was that was one of the weirdest cults that ever formed. It was so organic. Like... It was beautifully organic. Yeah. He gave a speech at my uni when I was there, and it was actually <laughs> we went like the whole. It was packed with art students who didn't have a oh, fucking geez. clue about economics. Wor- I mean, no, I mean, he was quite because yeah. car- oh, we really? thought. We thought, well, Sandman's not going to tour to, to Tassie. <laughs> this is the next big thing. And he gave it was a really informative really? economics tour. He's but the... yeah, he got into the monotonous tone after a while, and then he he sort of goes and like we were just we were just me and my mate. We're just like oh, he's got to say the super line. It's, he didn't say the super line. He's the least engaging speaker I've ever heard of, and I've met Simon Crean. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. See, I think Simon was at his peak. With Lath- when he was Latham's attack dog, when he was when he was a treasurer, Latham and he- doesn't need an attack dog. Well, that's, that's surplus to requirements. <laughs> See, this is my, I think my po- like with politicians. I think when you get into politics, 
There's only a certain level you should reach in what you... Crean was peak at assistant treasurer when he could attack the opposition with a straight man. That's why Keating and Hawke worked well together. When Hawke was your every man and Keating was the guy that with a back bang bang. Gillard oh, was not a leader. Gillard should never have been put into position. She should have been number two. She should have been the attack dog. She should have been should have the been enforcer. Treasurer. She would have been a much more effective treasurer <laughs> Absolutely. than Swanee. Oh, I mean, I liked Lindsay Tanner. I would have liked him as a treasurer as well, but... Lindsay Tanner is the only person who's come up with a nickname in politics, which I don't find spectacularly lame and cringeworthy. Like, we've got this year Electricity Bill Shorten and Julia and Typhoon Tony and Phony Tony. I like Phony Tony. Really? I like Phony oh, Tony. I love... I, I can't... Yes. Rhyming pun nicknames are just... <laughs> but Lindsay Tanner, this was like months after t- in 2008, Tony Abbott said, I should be leader of the opposition because I've got people skills. And this was after he just months early had the debate with Nicola Roxon, where he turned up late and then said, oh, this is bullshit, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and, you know, made an absolute goose of himself. Nothing's changed. But, uh, yeah, he went and said, oh, I've got people skills. And so <laughs> Lindsay Tanner went everyone's in the parliament. And, he said, and we've got the interjections from people skills over here <laughs> and that kind of... That's, that's what a good nickname does. It throws it back in his face. It makes his... It doesn't really roll off the tongue. It's like... like I like, I like, I like Abbott the Mad Monk. I like that because I think that's fits. That, that that's very good, but that's nearly thirty years old. No, I but think also we need to come up with something. It's else. been used in the UK Parliament twenty times as well. Oh, it's, is it Mad Monk? Speaking of the it's UK, original. did anyone see the Dennis Skinner heckle from the UK Parliament <laughs> doing rounds? It's so good. I love. It. He gets up and he oh no, he yells out across the chamber. Half the members of the Tory government are corrupt. And the speaker says, "The member will withdraw." He's a fine Mr. Speaker. Half the members of the Tory government are not corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. That's that's a good. That's what I think politics is missing at the moment. I think we got there's a lot of anger, a lot of attack, not much wit and subtlety around. No. Who do you think? Like looking forward into the next year, who do you think? What do you think is going to happen in politics level? Is anyone anyone gonna, is a star going to be born other than Clive? Of course. Well, we've got two sort of elections very early June next year. We've got the West Australia Senate election, Ooh. which will be interesting. You think? You think it'll get? You think? I oh, see. Maybe that's when Ginia makes her. Entrance on the world stage. I don't, don't stage. think they've got a choice about it. The um, AEC's filed against them in the court of disputed returns. So, oh, okay. So, Nathan, uh, any chance of Rose Hancock getting pre-selection? Oh, WA, that'd be nice. Sorry, you need it. You don't know who Rose, Rose Hancock Han- is? Oh wait, <laughs> oh you don't know who she, Rose? She's, she's Lang's second wife. Is she? <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. The, and uh, Gina, she's the thorn in Gina, Gina tried to get her disinherited. <laughs> yeah, I think Gina, she did in the end. She's no Rose. They got a settlement, but yeah, Rose. But, um, Lang, when Gina was attacking her publicly, said, "You know, I used to love you. You're such a beautiful now girl. Now you've just become a petulant, petulant fat baby elephant, or something <laughs> like that." <laughs> Yeah, father, father of the year, Lang. And, and this is something that he wanted to drop nuclear explosives into mines to do the job faster. Now this is well, this is no, well, this is and this has disappeared because friend of the show, Francis Blair Show. I've seen this on YouTube. Oh, you can't find it anymore. It's an ABC interview in maybe the fifties or sixties. It's Lang Hancock, a man who Gina wants the WA state government to build a statue for, saying that we need to use nuclear bombs to mine because it's cheap and it has the added benefit it sterilizes the local aborigines that's right he, that's, he said that on while. national tv 
if there are only two things that I hope live on forever, it's that image of Lang Hancock for what he is, a massive racist, and the other one is I wish every time Andrew Bolt is introduced, it is convicted racist Andrew Bolt. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This episode's going to be called In Memory of Convicted Racist. This is the racist. defamation episode. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Both it, things can be proven. We've, we've gone Tom Waterhouse. One guy's gone been. Rupert. Yeah. Tom is very litigious, actually. He sued Peter Fitzsimons for something. And he lost. He lost. <laughs> Did he lose? He <laughs> lost. What are the odds of that? Uh, uh, Fitz, Fitzsimons, he gets a Guernsey in my team of the year this year. He's been... He took on yeah. Tom and he fought He fought the, the, the corrupt fight and won. Shouldn't there be a bandetta in your team? A bandetta. Well, <laughs> you need... What was he in rugby? Was he a halfback? Or no, a, he's a forward. He's a forward, yeah, yeah. He's a forward. He's a man who... He was coached by Alan Jones and survived. <laughs> he, he came out with a conscience. What are the odds Shouldn't of that? Shouldn't that be groomed? Wow, <laughs> was Your words, Lester, not mine. I think we may cut that one. <laughs> I, I assume you're talking about how Fitzsimons, when he was a rugby player, had a very well-groomed haircut. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just got to really be careful what you say. So what we're saying yeah, here is... I don't know what else to say there. I'm afraid I, I, now. I think, I think we got in that territory. This is the Someone part the... opened up the can of innuendo, and now we don't know where to look. <laughs> this, is the part, this is the point of the show where what we do is we normally give shout-outs and plugs, but, you know, check out the site, rate the site. But I think is, if there are any defamation lawyers, Stuart Littlemore, if you're out there, anyone who wants to work pro bono, we're going to need it for this episode, guys. <laughs> so Nathan Lenny. And thank you so much for joining us oh, on the couch. Thank you so much, Mark. We Great can follow time. you on Twitter at... And Lenton. Follow him, ladies and gentlemen. He's very funny, very insightful, and he's got a weird obsession with Jedward. <laughs> very, did you see him when they came out? I didn't. I, I, I love Jedward. I think they're fun. I think they're all that. But I had to admit, if I went to one of their concerts, it would have probably just been 15-year-old girls going crazy, and that would have been a bit weird for me to just be standing there on my own. You would a Jedward concert would have been like Morrissey at a nightclub in the 80s. That's what it would be like, just feeling fucking forlorn and... I, I was a 90s kid, the reference is sort of lost <laughs> nice, to me. Um, I know who Morrissey is, but... I think to frame it for you a bit 80s. more, it pretty much it would have been like Lester in just the general public, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. And Jasmine, you're on Twitter at... At the hot comedian. Uh, that's not the political comedian. That's the hot comedian. So tweet all your thoughts and observation of Australian comedy to Jasmine <laughs> and all your Jedwood fan mail to Nathan. And Lester, you're on Twitter at? At LesterDiamond28. Talking to Nathan quite regularly and Mark. So that's true. Hit so me up. <laughs> having a go at my friend Rupert. <laughs> yeah, so if you want the for and against Rupert, Rupert if you want to, you'd probably want to monitor J- um, Lester. I'd say you could sue him, but... Well, someone got his dignity a long time ago, so I don't know what else he's got left. Uh, you want to follow me on Twitter at M underscore W underscore OH. Comedy on Edge on Twitter at Comedy on Edge. Check out ComedyOnEdge.com. We've got some massive news in the new year about some shows we've got planned. If you like the podcast, if you're on iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review. It all helps and it costs you nothing. And if you're on Twitter or social media, share the podcast. We'd love a few more listeners. We've we've got a massive fan base in Germany, few in Sydney and Melbourne, but you know, rest of the world. If there's anyone out there in I don't know Guatemala, Luxembourg, New Zealand. No. If you're in Western Sydney. Western Sydney. Well, if you're any, any of those ones, send us a message, send us a tweet, say how much you enjoy the show. If you're in Western Sydney, just refrain from throwing a brick through my window. It'd be, that'd be nice. Actually, did you see the Wet and Wild Western Sydney? Have you bought your membership yet? No, not yet. You've got plenty of time to enjoy it. Well, I'm actually um, selling T-shirts. I went to Wet and Wild Western Sydney and all I got was my car broken into. Um, <laughs> so check out the site. I'll be selling those online. Thank you guys for listening. See you next week. And le- Oh, this is the last one of the year. So happy new year. 
Let's go out with a bang. Here's hoping 2014's All You Want It To Be. So that's enough for us. Lester, hit the music. Music. 